Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. And I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Corks and Conversation with Jennifer Herrera. Jennifer Herrera is here to talk with us about, amongst other things, her debut novel, The Hunter. This novel, this debut of Jennifer's, is atmospheric and beautifully written suspense novel that follows a former detective as she investigates three mysterious drownings in a small Ohio town, only to come up against generations of secrets, including her own. It is perfect for fans of shows like Mayor of East Town, which is one of my favorites with Kate Winslet. Um, I and love anybody Kate Winslet. Who, I do too. And I love the mayor of East Town. I think that's just a fantastic, and I think it's a great comparison. And readers who like Louise Penny mm-hmm. or um, Tana French, two of my other mm-hmm. favorites, mm-hmm. Um, will really hook well into this, um, this wonderful novel, The Hunter. Um, it is a haunting look at the search for truth, which often leads back to the most unlikely of places. Mm, yes, her book is really a page turner. Um, I actually read it on Kindle a while back, and it stuck with me a little bit, but it was one of those, you know, where I'm up all night, thank goodness it was on Kindle, so I didn't have to have the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Jennifer, it's great to have you here with us today. It's great to be here. And thank you for all the nice things you said about my book. All of those things are things I wanted people to say. And you know what else jumped out at me The very, on the very top? It says, Vivid Characters in Rich Settings, A Voicey and Compelling Debut by Karen Slaughter, of all people. I, I just Jennifer, love did Karen you Slaughter. just lose it? When you I got, lost it. Yeah. I lost it. Well, because yeah. we sent it. So I don't know if you know much about how like you get blurbs on a cover. Um, sometimes you can do it if people are your friends. You just like email them, hey, Karen, you know, say something <laughs> nice about my book. Karen Slaughter and I do not know each other in real life. Okay. I was going to say, she's your friends with her. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. She's what a so blurb. incredibly nice and kind. And it was oh. like one of those things where, you know, we put together a dream list of blurbers and obviously she was high on the list. And then my agent was like, oh, let me just email her agent and, and send her the book. But Karen's agent like vets all of the blurb requests. So Karen's agent read my book oh. first and loved it and then passed it on to Karen. Oh my gosh. And I just then got Karen chills. read it and loved it. So that's like a and double it, layer. It was a double yeah. layer. I didn't <laughs> I didn't think it's just so hard to get to these people, which I get. Yeah. But I thought it was so generous of her that yeah. she would take the time to read a book from a debut author. And I think that's like I will buy every single book she ever writes from now until like the end of time, <laughs> because it's like, it's, it's a hard thing. Cause it's a big request to like read, you know, read a book. I know it doesn't sound like a big request, but it is a big request when you're like that big of an author. I mean, yeah. Think of the stack of like, as you say, the people mm-hmm. that she already wants to support in the industry, yes. not to mention that every minute you're not writing Mm-hmm. is time away from your career right and mm-hmm. yeah 
Um, that's amazing. And, and such a generous blurb too. I mean, And I like it. I like it. She mentioned the characters, which, you know, they're really rich characters. She has really good characters in her books, too. I'm like waiting, you know, now they have a new series. Did you see Will Trent? I've been watching it. Yes. It was Christy's birthday last night. We have to say, Jenny. So so (laughs) Jenny and I are drinking a little wine. We are. To that. Cheers. But Christy is being good and having tea because it's post-birthday for her. So <laughs> yes. Peppermint tea. Yeah. But back to Jennifer. She's she's yeah. as but let's talk about Jennifer. But Karen likes my book, so right. Yeah. So it's all there good. you go. So um I live in a very small town. How big anyway, is your town? Uh twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Yeah. Can I tell you That's where I grew pretty up? big. Yeah, how how small is yours? Thirteen hundred. Oh, I love it. <laughs> You're like, that's a metropolis. And it is in, in South Dakota, where I live, that's the, we're the, we're the fifth biggest city. I was going to say 20,000 to me yeah. still seems like it's big. I, it is in South Dakota. <laughs> but when I talk to most people, they're like, oh, like Christy's like, seriously? I've talked to people who are from towns of 200 people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And they say, oh, 1,300. That sounds huge. There is, 200? Huge. 200. Can you imagine? No. I can because, I mean, around here. So you (laughs) place the majority of your novel in rural Ohio where you grew up. And so I would love to know why that spoke to you for your debut novel. I think that, you know, there's this trope about going home, Mm -hmm. right? And it's, I love tropes. I love, I think that like this genre especially, you know, deals with a lot of tropes and in a lot of new, fresh ways that shed light on a lot of our experiences and why we like these certain types of stories. I've always loved that going home again trope, because I think in particular, when you have a character who has some big flaws, who has some things that she has to get over, you know, and, and Lee, the main character's flaws are not you know, not due to some sort of substance abuse problem or some sort of like medical condition where her experiences are not to be trusted. She has flaws because she's really, really human. And she's told herself a story about how things went down in her life that may or may not be true. But Mm -hmm. as, you know, anyone who has a family member who are trying to like recall the same event, like we do this all the time. We have wildly different stories about our experiences because that's one layer that we live our lives and so if I was going to have Lee fix a lot of her problems I needed to have her go back to the beginning Mm -hmm. and back to the beginning is where she grew up and for me it felt very natural that the beginning would be this place in like a small town in Ohio I am from a small town in Ohio I know that kind of vibe Mm -hmm. really well Um, and when I was a kid you know, we had come from a slightly bigger town or a city, I guess. And uh, we lived in a trailer park for a while. And then my parents, you know, thinking they were doing something really positive for their kids had moved us to the small town in rural Ohio where everybody was related. They were all cousins. They were all, um, it was, it was so wild. They all went to the same church. I remember, I remember sort of that moment where I realized like all these people were hanging out like at church together because like, not because they were like super churchy, but just because they all did that on Sundays and Wednesdays. It was just like a fact of life. And so, um, you know, for me, that felt really natural to have a character who is not necessarily from that small town, but who was transplanted in that small town when she was young 
and then to have her leave it for a big city and to have all these problems that she couldn't understand sort of how things went wrong with her life. And so she has to go back to the beginning to that small town to figure out, okay, where did I begin to start lying to myself about my life? What are the other ways I've lied to myself and how can I finally tell myself the truth about my own life? Mm -hmm. Wow. It's fascinating. Copper Falls, is that Mm -hmm. a real town or did you create Copper Falls? (laughs) Well, so this is a funny story. So my great writing friends are from Wisconsin and there's a place called Copper Falls in Wisconsin. And I just really liked the name. I thought it was really pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took that name from Wisconsin, from this place my friends know. And then I took the sort of like the vibes, the atmospheric surroundings of Copper Falls from um, Hocking Hills, Ohio. So I don't know if you guys have been to Hocking Hills, but it's Mm-mm. gorgeous. It's full of waterfalls and caves. And these caves are not like the caves in my book in that they're not very deep. They're called relief caves and they're almost like big overhangs um, mm-hmm. where you can go in and you can experience the stalactites and the stalagmites. And you have like these gorgeous, like shimmering walls from, you know, from the different types of rocks, but you can always kind of see your way out. Um, to me, that wasn't Ooh, scary enough. It's so beautiful. Um, but of course, like to make it scary for a book, I needed to have very deep caves yeah. where mm-hmm. you might go in and not come out. And right. so, um, but most of, most of that, that sort of lush atmospheric detail that I think people really connected to came from a real place in Ohio called Hawking Hills. Um, but not necessarily, you know, where I'm from. Okay. I, I, I get the I need to go there. I don't. Oh, it's so beautiful. You I should really driven through Ohio. Have I? I don't know. I've driven around the country a lot, but I can't remember because I probably didn't. I've flown and stayed in parts of Ohio, but they were just the cities, you know. I was going to say, Ohio can be an unpleasant drive depending on where you drive through it. Because it's so I might have blacked it out or something. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like driving through Kansas where it's just yeah. like completely flat for miles and miles. And you kind of like turn your head around and you're like, where is everything? <laughs> Yeah, but I will say one of my favorite things about Ohio, and this is not something that ended up in the book, not really, um, is that the part of Ohio where I'm from is so incredibly flat and there's such little light pollution that when it gets dark out on clear nights, it's like living in a planetarium because you can see the horizon line all around you and the stars are just incredible. That's like if we go out in the Everglades or something down here. Oh, yeah. You know, because you're away from the city lights enough that, you know, you can, and it's flat. Yeah, it's like incredible how beautiful it is and how like little we interact with that. Yeah. But that's Um, not where the caves are. Hawking Hills must have some hills or something, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hawking Hills has hills. But that's something I think about in terms of Ohio. Whenever I complain about Ohio, I feel like I have to say something positive. Um, well, I would like the idea of a cave that you can kind of see your way out of, because I do remember going in one of those caves, like when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. but I, I remember it enough that I probably was maybe, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade. So I thought it was cool, whatever. And we're down there and it was one that you went down, I think it was like Tennessee area. And they, mm-hmm. they wanted to show you what it's like when the lights are out. No. And they flipped the lights out without telling anybody. Oh, yeah. And I like, 
And I ran, I hugged my mom, I thought, <laughs> next to me. But then the lights came on and I hugged some other lady. <laughs> she didn't care. Moms are willing to give anybody. I know, she, she was very, <laughs> she was like, oh, don't worry, honey, don't worry, I understand. And I was like mortified. Like, yeah, obviously I still remember it. So <laughs> I was going to say, did you find the caves in this book like extra scary because you had that kind of visceral memory from your childhood? No, not really. I mean, they, I did find them scary, but I think it was more because bad stuff was happening. <laughs> no. I, I'm claustrophobic and caves will do it for me. So that was a, mm -hmm. that was a really eerie part of the book. I thought, you know, just that, mm -hmm. that level of. Yeah. And like, who would, who goes into them? Like, why, you know, I mean, <laughs> like, it's like the beginning of a horror movie. You're like, don't, don't go in the cave. Come don't on, do don't, it. Just don't, don't do go it. Cave. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great when you're like turning the pages with one eye closed just please stop so you guys do you so jennifer do you think that well, i agree with you i love the trope of going home and having to figure your stuff out and returning back when you've been avoiding right for a lot mm -hmm. of re a lot of things she's avoided but do you think it's different a small town versus like a bigger town I mean, do you think it would be different yeah. if she was a Chicago native versus a small, small, small town? That is such a good question. I want to say I do think it would be different, but I don't have a good grasp on why. Have you thought about the answer to this question? Um, only because I, I did debate it a little bit because I read this book back to back to another author that we interviewed, Tracy Clark, and she writes mm -hmm. her books in Chicago. And mm -hmm. I thought it was so interesting how a small town, it really made your story and made your character. And Tracy um, bases everything in Chicago, but yet she makes Chicago really small. And I thought, gosh, could it be, is there something about small towns? Because I think there is. I think small towns are different. I think, I think when you don't have anonymity as an option, mm -hmm. right. Right. it just changes everything. And I... I feel like in small towns too, people will think, oh, I know everyone that I know everything that's going on, but I actually think small towns are where secrets can be more possible, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For, you know, cause we, everyone kind of lets each other be. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a conspiracy that can happen in a small town that couldn't necessarily happen in a bigger city. And I think you're right too about the anonymity part and also about the fact that small towns, especially like this, that are sort of off the beaten path, mm -hmm. they don't get like passers through mm -hmm. right they don't get people just sort of like stumbling into yeah. town shopping yeah. for the day and then leaving yeah. it's like if you come to that town like you're a specimen um in a way that you're not in a big city right mm -hmm. you know it's like i have a very small neighborhood and if someone drives through that doesn't have a connection to the neighborhood i mean a, a neighbor will often call and comment like did you see that car like who was that because we just, mm -hmm. it's such a small, Christy's been here before, it is a small little neighborhood. And it just, it's such a different focal point yeah. than you yeah. have in a bigger city. Yeah. And it's interesting because I live in South Philadelphia and I live in a very neighborhoody neighborhood. Mm. So a lot of the people, like a lot of my neighborhoods, neighbors are cousins or they have some connection to each other. They all know each other's names for the most part. And you have people, like especially older people who will like sit on the stoop and like watch 
And mm-hmm. like, they know what's going on. I'll get a phone call if I have a package sitting at my door because, <laughs> you know, the neighbor saw it go yeah. and they don't want like somebody to take it. I actually had the, I actually had somebody the other day who I go to the door because somebody is knocking and w- there are two guys on there. One of them is trying to steal a package from my doorstep and the other one is trying to stop him. And oh I thought it was gosh. such an interesting world where I like, I live in a city where like somebody's somebody I don't know is going to stop somebody from taking a package off my street, like off my house. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, it's a, it's a different, it's a neighborhoody feel. It's like a close knit feel, but there's, it's, you're right. It's an absolute different character than it mm-hmm. is in a small town. And I think that's the cool thing about being a writer and being a reader is that you get to explore the nuances of these places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been a great conversation so far. We're head, we're midway. Let's take a little drink of our beverages. And Christy's <laughs> going to ask you what we call the question in the bottle. If you could choose one chore to get done by magic, what would it be? I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to say clean my whole house as a chore. Yeah. <laughs> is clean my whole house a chore? I'm picturing I so. like, like, Snow White style. Is it Snow White? The one where all the birds and the squirrels come in through the windows and they like dust. Like that I think would be ideal. Yeah. Just somebody to do the whole house. Yeah. Is that a cheat? Uh no. Um no, because if if you say (laughs) I'm gonna I want it done like on a weekly basis, then it's probably not. But if you if you're like every uh, every speck of dirt all the time, well, then that might be pretty big. That might be a yeah. big chore. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like, you know, once a month for my my feathered yeah. friends to come in and, you know, <laughs> dust the rafters. Come down your three chimneys and scoot in. <laughs> when we moved into this house, there actually was a bat. Um, oh, and it that. was it was waiting for us over the doorway. And so we were supposed to get like internet and nobody would come in our house because there's a bat and bats could have rabies. And rabies, so, yeah. um, but so we had to call a bat rescue team to come <laughs> collect rescue the bat. Team? They're endangered. Whatever kind of bat it was, was endangered. So. Oh yeah. They come down the, they come inside, down the flue of the chimney. Down the chimneys. Mm-hmm. Like you were living there right with now. it or. Well, we had just, we were moving in. It was move in day. Oh, oh okay. And nobody could get in the house. Cause I'm like, how long um, were you living with this bat in your house? <laughs> the cable guy wouldn't come, but we, we slept fine. You were clearly a mystery reader. You're like, I spot a plot hole, friends. Um, but the, the bat rescue team said the bats were very good luck. Oh, good. Well, is the bat blessed the house? <laughs> that is lovely. I was I was um in a very warm place last week and I went to a yoga class and this very lovely young couple next to me came kind of alarmed to the class and they had just caught a very large spider in their room. And you could tell they were both really bothered by it. <laughs> They're from DC and they never and he was like it was like and, and the yoga teacher, they were, um, she was asking everybody what, you know, what kind of their st- mm-hmm. status of the day and how are you doing? And they were like riddled, you know, from this. <laughs> and she said, it's good luck. And you could see this guy going, you're out of your mind. <laughs> it's like your bat that was good luck blessing your house. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it oh was so gosh. funny. I just cracked up. It's hilarious. Uh, 
You're like, good yeah. luck. Yeah. Do you want, do you want the spider on your yoga mat? Yeah. No, good no, luck anymore. I wouldn't have a bat and I, I, I've had a bat in my oh. house and I, oh my. I, not a fan and it was our chimney as well. And did it give you good luck? Did you feel like that? I year did not was... feel like it. I, I was pregnant at the time and I, I remember, was also pregnant. And it's a big deal because you don't see their yeah. bites because they're so teeny tiny. And so, Oh really? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a whole thing. And so we had to trap the well, bat. I didn't know all yeah. that. So that's good. Between yeah, the know. two window panes <laughs> so they could test the bat. So I had to sit there all day. This poor bat trapped waiting for the bat keeper to come get it and test it at the university here to make sure I was okay as a pregnant one. So I didn't feel lucky at all. I was kind of pissed off, frankly, at that bat, but I don't know. Okay. So anyway, Chrissy, what would you have done on your wish list for magic? Well, I was my, my minor thing would be like clean the dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then yeah. I was like, let's go a little broader then. I'll just be like clean kitchen. Mm. I can do that more frequently then. Mm-hmm. All the time have a clean kitchen or dishes after every time I dirty them, they're all of a sudden clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I That's like to fair. cook, but I just don't like to clean. Mm-hmm. And I like to eat, so I make a lot of mess. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, we might have some bats that could come in, but Ugh. I could. I don't know. I don't know if I'd have bats cleaning my house, but not worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not great. I'm very religious about changing my sheets every week. Mm, oh, that's a good one. It is my favorite night to sleep. Is that night after mm-hmm. the night? Be honest with you, I I have a house cleaner that does do that for me. But if I could pick anything, I would have someone change my sheets every day. Like, I, wow. I love clean, like just that. I idea think the that, novelty would wear off after. Oh, that. no. Then it I, wouldn't mm-hmm. be like a special. No, it wouldn't because I just. <laughs> yeah, I disagree. It. I do too. I do like, I, I do like it too. That sounds so nerdy, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it's No, nice. I'm just thinking I really would like clean sheets right now. I yeah. Know, I just, and I hate changing the sheets like i, I do too it's so task i hate it's just so much work right it's just our right. mattress weighs like three thousand pounds and you know you have to walk around it and like you have to i was gonna say you could just like layer a bunch of sheets and then just take one off oh every yeah day. like garbage bags but, <laughs> but it probably you know i don't know <laughs> i love that okay christy and i are dying to talk to you about your previous life Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, now you're a novelist too, but you um, were a literary agent. I'm I not still sure if am, you still are. Actually. Okay. Are you still doing both? Yeah, yeah. The bio, I think, is confusing. I'm still doing both. Oh wow! So that that's interesting in itself. Plus, how mm-hmm. did you get started being a literary agent, and then you know what made you decide to go on to writing? So I was in grad school for philosophy. And I really, really hated it. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking they're going to pay me to go to school. I really like learning. This will be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they like expected things of me that I really <laughs> just like, I mean, that's horrifying. <laughs> tell me about it. And I was like, this is awful. I don't want to do this forever. So to write a what? <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like a very stressful atmosphere. Um, You know, everybody, everybody is stressed out all the time over things that don't really matter. And you feel like you're in this alternate reality where you're like, why are we so like all upset about nothing? Mm -hmm. So I didn't like the atmosphere. I didn't want to stay and I needed to figure out something else to do with my life. So I, um, I went to a writing conference and I was playing around with a book 
whatever, you know, just as a way to deal with stress. And I read something I wrote out loud and somebody from the audience came up to me afterwards and said, Hey, I really loved your writing. I need a ghostwriter. Do you want to do it? And so from there, you know, oh, I started working as a ghostwriter and oh, really? I loved it. It was so easy and intuitive and fun in a way that I wasn't getting in like in grad school. And so I dropped everything. I packed up my poor sweet husband from California and we moved to New York City. Wow. And nobody wanted to hire me at first because I was so old. I was <laughs> what? 20, I know, I know, you I know. Were so old at 20. 27. I was 27. Oh my God. But like, there's this thing where people, you start off as an apprenticeship model. So you start off as an intern and then you become an assistant and then you become an editor or an agent. Um, and so think about it. Like you have somebody who's 27, who has like a bunch of degrees mm -hmm. and like, you're like, you're going to be okay with getting me coffee. Like people right. just don't like, it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I had a really hard time getting a job. Um, and then eventually I just cold called Europa Editions that did um, like My Brilliant Friend. Um, they have some mysteries they've done too. They did The Elegance of the Hedgehog. I just called mm. them and said, hey, do you need an intern? And they said, do you need to be paid? And I was like, no, it's fine. I'm, I've been a grad student. I'm used to working yeah. for free, <laughs> basically. Um, and so I started there. And then from, from that internship, I was able to turn that into a job. And since then, I've been working on nonfiction books predominantly. I love doing nonfiction because I get to learn things all the time. I just have like a very heavy appetite for information. And so mm -hmm. nonfiction is great because I just get to feed, feed this insatiable side of me. And mm -hmm. I love that it doesn't interfere with my fiction writing. I never have to feel like I'm, you know, I'm worried that I'm stealing lines for my author or plot devices, or I feel like. I'm not able to do my job as an agent because I, you know, I'm, you know, my editor is the same editor I would submit projects to. Like there's no crossover at all. And right. that has been phenomenal. Wow. Yeah, that's good. I was wondering about that because it, I mean, it does seem like it would be hard or good or bad. I don't know <laughs> if, if you're doing all fiction and, you know, then you decide to write in that same you know, genre. Yeah, I'm like, there are oh. people who do it, but there I don't are, I was thinking, know how um, they do it. Paula Mounier does is a mm -hmm. agent we've talked to, and she's also an author. Um, Dania Kukovka is an yeah. agent and an author. Um, yeah, but I like the several. idea of different because honestly, you you know, especially in nonfiction, you could just you could learn so much to use in the mystery. Oh. You I, know, yeah. so you can use it, but it's not yeah. like you're stealing yeah. anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. So what Absolutely. kind of nonfiction books do you agent? Oh, I all over the place. So I have, you know, one of my um, top selling books right now is a book about autism right now by Devin Price. That has done phenomenally well in part because uh, TikTok really discovered him as an author and like his sales have just gone through the roof because he's talking about, um, you know, neurodivergence in a really new, empowering way. I have another book. I'm looking at my shelves as I'm talking. Mm -hmm. um, another book, it's called What Doesn't Kill Us Makes Us. It's about how we change in the wake of, you know, catastrophic events that change our identities, that we're a different person afterwards than we were before and how we make sense of our new identities 
you know, while making peace with the people we used to be, things like that. So it's, it's all over the place. I have a book over there from, um, called Reclamation by Gail Jessup White. She is a descendant of Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings and works at Jefferson's Monticello as a community engagement officer. And her memoir is about trying to gain legitimacy for both sides of her lineage. So it's pretty all over the place. With that, do you get queries with the book completed or is it like on spec? Like I want to write this book about this. And that's another reason why I love nonfiction as I work with proposals, not with full manuscripts. So anytime you sell a fiction book, you have to sell it based on a full manuscript. The only exception is if it's like somebody's second book or their yeah. third book or, or, or Karen like, Slaughter. You know, Jeffrey Deaver. Like Karen <laughs> Slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. Karen Slaughter can probably yeah. just say, She's I like, would yeah. like to write a book. Can I have a book? <laughs> yeah. Yes. With yes. good reason. Yes, Karen Slaughter, if you're listening, I love you. (laughs) So I have two questions uh, that just occurred to me. One, what are your thoughts about TikTok and what it's doing for authors? Mm. And two, did you, being in the industry on the other side, did you have some agents that you kind of let, I really want to work with? And how was that? So the TikTok question is interesting because I have no idea um, I am not a Gen Z. I feel like a lot of people who are Gen Z or maybe have a different personality type, like they're really intuitively great at it. They get it. They like, um, they love it. I would love to be one of those people. I'm just not there yet. I have hope, but I'm just not there yet. And I think that the neat thing about TikTok is that as authors, you don't have to be there yet because nobody, nobody, right. Sure, I'll get comments on this, but it's <laughs> uncommon that an author is a TikTok author and then they're talking about their book all the time. They're TikTok famous, they're talking about their book, and then their book sells really well. Hmm. What tends to happen is people on TikTok who are already famous for other things talk about your book. And that's when the book, the sales sort of increase. I think there's some sort of lack of trust that happens when you're selling your own wares. Yeah. Like people don't like, they're like, please stop being so self-promotional. They don't trust that it's good. Whereas Mm -hmm. if somebody else is selling your book, they do trust it. And so luckily I don't think that I have to be on TikTok in the way that, you know, in some worlds I would really like to be um, because I think, you know, maybe someday someone on TikTok will find this book and, you know, make me, yeah, make (laughs) me a huge success. Um, And then the second question, were there agents I really wanted to work with? Uh, Yes and no. On the one hand, it's, I know, I know the really bad agents like that. Mm. I am very aware of the like, like stay clear, red flag, red flag, red flag agents. Okay. And there are them. And if you like go into deep rabbit holes, you can find them or, you know, deep Mm -hmm. into Twitter. It's, um, you know, you can find them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I also, um, you know, I ended up working with one of my best friends she, I know it's very sweet, actually. That is sweet. <laughs> Her name is Heather Jackson. And when I had written the book, I didn't know if it was any good. And so I asked her to just read it. I said, we can't work together. We're too close. We're really good friends. I don't want to do this. Um, and she, she said, okay, I'll just read it. But, you know, just, you know, like I could not like it. And I'm going to tell you, I was like, yes, that's the point. I'd rather hear it right. from you than from anybody else. Like if it's bad, mm-hmm. you know, save me the the embarrassment of 
going to my colleagues with this title. So she came back within like a day or two days. I'd read it all, said, I want to represent you. I said, absolutely not. So we're too good of friends. It's too tough to be in like a business relationship with your friends. Right. Um, and then we talked for like three hours. And at the end of three hours, she said, you know, nobody will work harder for you. And mm-hmm. I knew she was right. Oh, and she's wow. been great. And you've made Good. that work. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's always hard, like getting used to mm-hmm. like the bumps. But if you're really good friends with somebody, mm-hmm. you can, you know, talk through wow. like the tricky parts of that relationship and make it work. I, f- I feel really lucky. And she's she's right. She's been the absolute best agent. Um, I, I have never regretted that decision. Very nice. All right. Christy has a final question for you. Uh, we asked this of all our authors. And mm-hmm. the question is, which of your characters would you like to share a meal with? And what would it be? I would probably, I would, Eric and Simone. So her oh. husband and daughter. I think that would be nice. Oh, yeah. Just because it's like, I mean, that's the, you know, these are the people that if you're, if you're understanding why Lee is the way she is and why she keeps fighting to be a better person, it's like because of them. Mm-hmm. And so I would want to meet them and get to see like what, you know, what is this special spark that she sees in them and why, um, you know, just to like get to appreciate that and to get Aww. to bask in it a little bit. And I don't care what he, I mean, it's, you know, Simona in the book is four, so it's probably like mac and cheese or something. It's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's easy mac, like microwave yeah. mac and cheese if you want yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say, I have a three-year-old and I can tell you we eat yeah. a lot of food that I never thought I would feed my kids. And here we are. Here we are. What's your dinner tonight? Mac and cheese. Yeah. Again. Again. Yes. And they're so happy. They're so yeah, happy. It's like thing. a Why? holiday. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. So when our listeners want to know more about you, where should they go? They can go to my website, jenniferherrerabooks.com. And Herrera is spelled H-E-R-R-E-R-A. Um, I'm also on Instagram with the same handle, jenniferherrerabooks.com. And if you, um, you you can just Google my name with the hunter, or um, if you want to go to my agency's website, I'm at the David Black Agency. Um, There's lots of information about there or about me on there as well. Great. Wonderful. Great. Well, we're so glad you could join us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe someone else has a bat story that's worse (laughs) than my bat story. Hey, I didn't even go into my bat story. I actually have a bat story. Oh, no. A bat story? Yeah, is it too because, late for an addendum? <laughs> no, we can, we, I can tell you real quick. It was um, my ex's grandmother, okay? Oh. And we were, so she was in her 90s. And she lived upstairs at his parents' house. And we were all there for whatever holiday, I don't know, like brothers and sisters and everybody was there. And we hear her call down, um, I think there's a bug on my curtains, and so because her vision was so bad she couldn't tell and they went up there and they're like okay nana come on out and then they went and they they use like a tennis racket and you know like we're trying great outdoors it was a great yeah they somehow got it out that way because it was like hanging on the curtain and you know just brought it outside and it was like all this big commotion but i didn't know about the little tiny bites yeah and none of us did at that time so we were like okay it's out of here we should have probably been more, a little more careful, like checked over <laughs> Nana to make sure she hadn't been 
it all night or something. Yeah, <laughs> was Nana <Santa> okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she lived for a few more years. She well, was good. like 98 <laughs> or something. on the curtain. That's some bug. I know. I Where know. was this? Is it in Virginia? Northern, okay. Like near D.C.? Do you get oh, like big dance. bugs, like bat-sized bugs? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think she just couldn't see. She saw that there was something there, you know. But it, uh, like, I mean, I guess she didn't. Ho- you know, and it was the bats are small, yeah. and we do have big bugs down here. And she lived a long time. <laughs> she probably could have. She probably could have experienced some big bugs in her life. I don't know, but like the size of a yoga spider. All right. <laughs> well, listen. Let's let's finish up with a cheers to Jennifer and her okay. debut beautiful covered Thank novel, you. The Hunter. Cheers. 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 Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.